on your word. May we just wrap up the series. Uh, we see the importance of the Advent season of waiting uh, for you, for, uh, for your son. We expect, uh, you know, he, he came so many years ago. God, he's going to come back again. But help us just to prepare our hearts for, for, uh, for your return. God, may we share <coughs> the good news. May we share this gift with others. May we just be uh, emboldened to to share the hope that we have, that you've uh, you told us to share. God, may we just uh, be obedient when the time comes for us to share that with, with people who desperately need to hear uh, about the hope and, and joy that, that Christmas can truly bring. So name I pray. Amen. So we're going to start off with, with the song, but it's not like a congregational singing song. So you don't just like stand up and sing. It's just the song. It's going to have the lyrics on the screen. There's not going to be any kind of... Uh, Sing along. You got it? Makes sense? So you don't have to stand up and like, it's not a corporate worship song. It's not a worship song at all. It's Christmas music because Joel's favorite is Christmas music. So, so yeah, so just listen to the, the lyrics uh, of this, this song here. Maybe not. I don't know why it did. Of course it didn't work, did it? Let me double check. Maybe it's not in there for Joel. Mm -hmm. That sounds good right now. It's the best song.
I didn't just pick the song just because. I picked it because it had to do with the, the lesson today. That's so. Uh, I'm glad you guys. Yeah, I'm glad you guys listened. Well, no, you're good. Um, anyways, but the lyrics from that song, I'll Be Home for Christmas, if you can't tell us what it was, it's I'll Be Home for Christmas. The lyrics can either can warm your heart or make you pretty sad. Uh, they remind us of people we love. Uh, may also remind us uh, that some of the people we love may not be with us uh, this Christmas. It's also a reminder that we're not meant uh, to be lonely, uh, especially on Christmas. Uh, but who are we supposed to, uh, to share this time of year with? And so I'm going to ask you guys some questions there. So you see, who, who do you spend the holidays with? You, uh, your whole family, like even second cousins, twice removed, whatever that means. Uh, your friends, uh, like they're basically family, uh, just some, the family members that live in your house. Or you spend it with nobody. So let me, let me see some hands here. Who spends it with the whole family? My cousins and everything. All right, that's a good chunk of you. What about uh, you spend Christmas with or holidays with your friends? Anybody? What about just the family members within your house? One? Okay. What about no one? Oh, wouldn't that be a dream? I feel like we're all going to go to your house, Joel, on Christmas. We're going to sing Christmas carols to you. Um, but if you spend the holidays with your family, uh, we're talking about, about your family, like your real family, for just a moment. Um, you're supposed to love them, right? But sometimes family can be hard just to like, right? Uh, it can be stressful to be, be around some of them, especially if they spend the night, share your bathroom, or even use your toothbrush by accident. It's not always pleasant. Uh, you may sometimes think, I, I just can't wait for these people to, to leave my house and go home. Uh, there are a lot of reasons why you might feel lonely uh, at this time of Christmas. Maybe holidays with your family aren't exactly the most happy, cheerful place. Um, Maybe they once were. Uh, you feel like no one who spend the holidays with really knows, knows you or just cares about you. Maybe somebody you love passed away uh, or is no longer in your life and you just miss them. Holidays, Christmas is kind of hard for me now since my dad passed away. Uh, he loved Christmas time. He always went all out. He always, he, he made a, I don't even know where it is anymore. He had this Christmas tree he made. He cut it out of wood. And then he, my dad loved like the frozen dinner uh, chicken pot pies, you know what I'm talking about? And so he would like take all those, he would eat all those and have the foil pans. Then he would like clean them up and then he attached them to this Christmas tree to put lights through them so it helped them like shine. It was very, very gaudy, ugly. <laughs> but you know, I miss him, you know, I miss seeing that at the house out front. Um, my dad's birthday was Christmas Eve. And so it was, you know, always something special. So not, you know, this time of year is kind of hard for me to miss my dad and that kind of stuff. Or, or maybe none of that sounds familiar to you at all. Uh, maybe the relationships in your life are, are pretty healthy. Uh, you love your family and everything's just going fantastic. And, and that's awesome. But even if you aren't physically alone during the season, there's some reasons that maybe you could uh, feel alone at Christmas. Maybe you feel a little lonely right now because there's something going on in your life that is messy. Something that's making you anxious or sad or insecure. Maybe you're not sure you're going to pass any of your tests this week. Logan, how'd you do? Did you pass your test? Yeah. Of course you did. But whatever. I'm glad you passed. You know, even though you weren't at breakfast, I'm glad you passed your test. Um, so as we don't show how, how messy things are in our lives, the chances are there, there's someone going, or something going on that we're not sure what to do with on our own. So I want you guys just to think for a minute to yourself. 
uh, kind of reflect on maybe something that's messy or difficult or stressful, uh, or maybe something confusing in your life right now. Just think about that. Don't say it out loud. Just think about it. something that's hard and something you're struggling with right now at this time. So just think about it. It could be that you know, finishing up the school, the school semester strong. It could be uh, maybe you and a family member had a fight. Sunday mornings always typically be, uh, seem to be a pretty good time for family members to fight. I think Satan used that on purpose. But if you haven't been here for the last few sessions, this is the last one. We're week number four of our teaching, the last week of our series called Unwrapped, uh, where we've been kind of unwrapping the true meaning of the Advent season, which is the season we're in now. We're not in Christmas season, we're in the Advent season. So over the last few weeks, we've learned that this is a season of anticipation or and preparation for someone, not something, right? So that someone is, is Jesus, which is God's gift uh, to salvation. There's a picture of I forgot to post that one. That's, that's Leah and my dad from back in the day, a long time ago. Maybe, you know, but maybe it's, uh, you know, it's God's gift of salvation and hope and peace. We have learned that the gift of Jesus is so special that it's meant to be shared with the world. Even if you aren't the perfect Christian, let's be honest, there's, there's nobody in here that is. You have the ability to share his story with other people. We've also learned that what Jesus gives us can sometimes come in the most unexpected and, and surprising ways. And the things he gives us are, are worth celebrating. So even though Jesus was born over 2,000 years ago, he is alive and well, and he's wanting to be a part of our lives here and now. You guys understand that? This means that we never have to spend another day or holiday like feeling alone. Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. <coughs> Fortunately for us, the Bible is filled with stories of people whose lives were, were a little messy as well. But even though their lives were messy, they were able to experience and be used by God in, in incredible ways. Someone who might be able to relate uh, was a dude named Joseph. We know, we know him as Jesus' uh, earthly father and the husband of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And so when we, we meet Joseph here in the book of Matthew chapter 1, we find a hardworking guy who's engaged to a girl named Mary only find out that she's pregnant and uh, he's not the father, right? That's kind of a messy situation, right? So Matthew chapter 1, that's where we are, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, or engaged, a little more serious of an engagement, I guess, uh, to the Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, Resolved to divorce her quietly. So we learn from the scripture that the child appeared miraculously through the Holy Spirit. And Mary told Joseph the whole story, but um, let me ask you this question. Fellas, if that was you, you're engaged to some girl. She says, hey, uh, I'm pregnant. And it was God. Would you believe that? That's kind of a crazy story, right? I mean, let's just be honest. That's not the most believable story that we've ever heard in our life. I'm like, okay, you're crazy. Right? And so it's not the most believable story. Uh, we, we'd probably be pretty skeptical as well. This was especially the big deal back then because Mary could have, she could have been put to death if people didn't believe her story. So Joseph decides to divorce her quietly in the hopes of keeping the pregnancy a secret and, and not to shame her and possibly get her killed. So go on to verse 20. <coughs> but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, 
son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Which is actually what we're talking about in big church this morning. And so, so we have this, this, this crazy. So God sends an angel to Joseph who says, Joseph, God has, God has a plan. Uh, what Mary has told you is part of that plan. Everything is going to be okay. So not only does an angel say the baby's name will be Jesus, meaning he will save his people from their sins. He also says, he'll be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. That, you guys understand? That's huge. You might see that, how big that is. That is huge. God with us. That's, that's, that's the best gift. Because it's Jesus. For the first time, God's presence could really be with people. For the first time, because of Jesus, God's presence could really be with mankind, both here on earth and forever. That's kind of a big deal. So throughout Scripture, you'll see God described in three different persons. God in heaven, God in the flesh as Jesus, and God as the Holy Spirit. As we see Him, God, we have God in the Old Testament. God occasionally showed up on earth, but only briefly. And God's presence was sometimes expressed in fire or smoke or great winds or a voice or in some other mysterious, miraculous ways. But God's presence was too powerful and too holy for humans to experience in its fullness. So some people in the Old Testament died because they got too close to God's physical presence. So for a long time, humans couldn't really experience God's presence in, in an ongoing way. Then we have Jesus. But when Jesus came to earth, he changed everything. For the first time, God walked among us. Humans could stand in the physical presence of God, not die. God came to us in a way that we could experience. When Jesus was put to death and then resurrected, he took a step even further. Not only could we finally stand in God's presence on earth, but through Jesus' sacrifice, he gifted us the ability to be in God's presence forever and eternity. But God still wasn't done. After Jesus rose from the dead, he did not stay among us on earth forever. Instead, he, he said he'd send us someone whose presence would be even better than the physical presence of Jesus, which just seems crazy. That's when he sent the Holy Spirit. So before Jesus left earth, he told us he would soon send the Spirit so that we would never have to be away from God's presence ever again, not even for a moment. Turn over to John chapter 14. John 14. <coughs> John 14 verse 16 is where we're going to start. John 14... Verse 16. This is Jesus talking. He says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot retreat, receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. So although Jesus is not physically walking the earth anymore, we still have access to God's presence uh, in, in a greater way than ever before. So through Jesus, we have access to God at all times, because uh, if we know Jesus, then God dwells within us. If, we, if, if we've accepted this gift of Jesus, His presence is always with us. So because of the, 
the birth and the life and the death and resurrection of Jesus, the presence of God can always be with you. And if you've accepted the, the gift of Jesus, the Spirit of God already dwells within you. So that means you never have to spend a single moment feeling alone. When the God of the universe dwells within you, you never have to be lonely or hopeless or powerless. Not when God's with you. So thanks to Jesus, the best gift is God's presence. Both in this life and also for eternity. Maybe you're struggling with feeling alone uh, this Advent season. Maybe you're struggling with some, something and you don't know how or where to get help. Or maybe you have a friend who's struggling and you aren't sure what to do. Uh, maybe your life or family is just a mess and you could really use some peace. Or you're mourning a loss and it still kind of hurts. Even if you're unsure about what the next step is for the situation that you're in, you at least know that you are not alone. Again, Emmanuel means God with us. Jesus is always with us, even in our most desperate hours. He might not show up in the way that we expect him to show up. He might not give us the exact solution or plan that we are hoping for. But his presence will always lead us to something even better than we could have designed for ourselves. So thanks to Jesus, God is with us. We are reminded of that every Advent. And this season not only a season of anticipation and preparation and sharing and rejoicing. It's also a season where we are reminded that we are never alone. So during Advent, we're reminded that God so loved the world that Jesus came to be with us, to walk in our shoes and to suffer on our behalf. We can get excited because what was promised so long ago actually came true. The unexpected can happen, and we are reminded God is with us every step of the way. And Advent is also a season for us to invite others into that love and presence of God through our lives and through our examples. So this Advent, I want you guys to make a commitment to show others that they are not alone. Because you may, you may not be feeling alone, but there's somebody, I promise you, there's somebody in your life who feels like they are all alone. If you see someone at lunch, uh, somewhere by themselves, just grab a seat next to them. Invite somebody you know who's having a hard time to, to your house or out for a bite to eat. If you know someone who's recently just lost a loved one, write them a card. Let them know how you're thinking of them. It's nothing big and dramatic. You talk to your family about Inviting someone who's alone for the holidays to be part of your traditions. The more we can be present for each other, the more that we can remind each other of God's presence. And the more we can remind each other of God's presence, the more we can remind ourselves and others that we don't have to feel alone. I want you guys just to spend the next couple of moments in prayer. Silent prayer to yourself there. Just pray. Um, you know, ask for God to encourage you to, to give you peace if you're struggling. Uh, maybe if you have a friend who's struggling, pray that God will give you uh, some ways uh, to help them and just be present for them. So spend the next few moments praying uh, right there where you sit. <coughs> God, this morning, as we get ready to, to leave this large group time and go to our small group time, I just want to thank you that, thank you for your gift to the world that is Jesus. 
uh, who is always and forever with us. That when, when times are hard, we feel like we're, we're all alone, nobody understands, nobody gets us, God, that you, you are with us and you, you are there for us. We help us next little bit of time um, in our small groups. I mean, we just uh, continue just to dig into this, into your word, to ask questions, to answer questions, God, and just to be open and honest with those around us that we can, uh, we can have those, those people in our small groups to hold us accountable, to, to pray over us, to encourage us, God, and may there just be growth and community uh, within these groups this morning. Shame I pray. Amen. So Advent... Advent is not over, and, and, and that's good because there's still plenty of preparation for us to do, I believe. So as we do get closer to Christmas Day, continue to remind yourself um, of the gift of God through Jesus, which is the gift of salvation and joy and peace and hope and life change that comes only through the presence of Jesus. So you guys are dismissed. Go to your small groups. Continue uh, digging into this, this topic. You'll learn something.